Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life, so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel, and ladies, I have a question for you. Are you tired of feeling like you're the one putting in all the effort to make your relationships work? Then go to speakingofpartnership.com right now and click on the big red Tell Me More button and find out how you can get men to do their part. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. Let's pick up on the incredible conversation we started yesterday with Mr. Gay Hendricks. What I'd love to do now, Gay, is actually shift gears a little bit, and I'd love it if you would share a story with us of one of your proudest partnership moments. And one of the things I've noticed for myself, and maybe you have as well, is that when I think of a a partnership moment that I'm really proud of, the way I can tell how proud I am is that I can't help myself but smile when I think of it. Can you share one of those moments with us? Yes. One of the um, things that I did I was very interested in the movie business back in the um, 90s, and I linked up with a business partner named Stephen Simon. Um, I went. I was at a party one night down in L.A. Um, at a producer and director's house, and they had optioned one of my movie scripts to make. And I was at a party where we were meeting some other actors. I remember Robert Loggia was there and um, some other actors that... Um, we were looking at the possibility of putting him in the, in the movie. Um, oddly enough, the movie never got made. So it hit the skids in you know, the typical Hollywood fashion. But um, at that, I think the real reason I was supposed to be there at that particular um, event was that Stephen Simon came and showed the trailer from his new movie, which was called What Dreams May Come. Uh, you may have seen it. It was a Robin Williams movie. Yeah, uh, I remember that. Yeah, it came out about 20 years ago. So we struck up a conversation, and uh, we kept in touch over the next year or two, and it turned out that the movie tanked and uh, didn't do well at the box office. So Stephen ended up um, having part of his company for sale. So I ended up buying part of his company and kind of financially uh, bailing them out a little bit. And so I ended up owning part of a movie production company. And to make a long story short, we tried to produce, uh, we tried to pitch a number of spiritual and inspirational movies to the Hollywood studio types, and they just weren't interested at all. They kept saying nobody's interested in those kind of movies. Uh, Stephen, you know, tried that with What Dreams May Come, and that didn't work. And so anyway, th- we just kind of got thrown out of every office we went to. And one morning, I was meditating in my office up here in the year of 2003, and I I get up early, by the way, and so every morning around 5 or 5.30, if you peeked in my office window, you'd see me here in my home office uh, meditating. Uh, My wife sleeps in until 7.30 or 8, so I have a couple of hours where I do a lot of my writing and that kind of thing here. So anyway, I was meditating one morning, and this idea just popped into my mind. It was kind of like, wow. Instead of trying to pitch movies to Hollywood, why don't we just go out and find inspiring movies that are already made at film festivals that Hollywood isn't picking up, and we'll license them and send them to home to people at DVD on DVDs. And so 
that was 2003. Of course, now you can download, but um, in 2003, DVDs was what people watched movies on. So within about 10 minutes after I finished that meditation, I called Stephen and I said, hey, I've just had this wild idea. Let's create this club and call it the Spiritual Cinema Circle and we'll license movies and we'll distribute them on on a subscription basis to people who really want them. And then all our job will be to go out and find those people wherever they are. Eventually, Ken, we had 25,000 members sign up from, I think, 70 or 80 different countries originally. And so that was in, uh, we launched it in 2004, and it was a hit right away. And so in 2008, I was able to sell the entire business to a big publicly traded company called Gaim. And uh, so they, uh, it got too big for me to administer, and I didn't want to hire up 100 people and that kind of thing. We had this nice little staff of four or five people, which I, I, knew how to, I know how to run a business with four or five people, but I'm totally uninterested in running a business with 25 or 30 people. So anyway, we sold it to Gaia, made a bunch of money, um, and uh, still kept running it for the next four or five years. So, um, and it's still going strong here uh, 10 years later. So the important point I want to make, though, is that it was a moment of having that idea and then immediately acting on the idea and then beginning to do the practical, real-world things that needed to be done to put it into place. But since it came from that clear, spacious place of pure consciousness inside, the putting it together was so easy. You know, just one thing fell into place after the other, and within six months, we had a thriving, profitable business. Very few businesses are profitable even after a year or two, but we hit the ground running. We were profitable within the first few months. And so that, to me, was a perfect example of people coming together in their zone of genius and creating something that contributes to other people that makes a difference in the world, that creates good energy in the world, um, and at the same time produced abundance for many people because it gave jobs for lots of people that, that we hired over the years and uh, made money for our investors, etc. That is really cool. I definitely remember the spiritual uh, cinema circle. And I I had no idea you were a part of that getting started. So that's a cool story to hear. You know, a lot of people don't realize I was ever associated with it because from the very beginning, we decided to make Stephen kind of the face of it because, you know, being a famous movie producer and everything like that, he's a great spokesperson. And also, I was at a stage in my life where I was kind of wanting to, you know, like take a little time off from being in the limelight. I, I always tell people, once you've been on Oprah, you've had an injection of fame that you kind of want to get away from occasionally. And I went from being a university professor, kind of went overnight after one appearance on Oprah back around 1990 to getting stopped in the airport for autographs and pictures taken and that kind of thing. And after a few years, I got a bit tired of that and wanted to uh, take a little time off. I, by then, I'd had a million frequent flyer miles from traveling around the world. So um, since the early um, the early part of the century, you'll find me doing things on Skype and speaking to audiences all over the world. Um, you know, now I do even keynote 
experiences where people have me on a big screen in New York and I'll be talking to them over Skype or Europe even. So it makes my life a lot easier. I don't have to climb on a bunch of airplanes as much anymore. Yeah, that's got to be a, a very nice break instead of having to do all that travel. That's fantastic. Well, let me ask you something, Gay, because I know we've been talking a lot about you know past experiences and partnership, and I, I love to bring the conversation into the present. And I'm just wondering, what's a partnership that, that's really exciting in your life right now? Well, I have partnerships. All of my partnerships are exciting now because I form them around certain fundamental agreements that we get people to make. Uh, but um, I'll tell you two or three of them. My partnership with Katie is the most exciting experience in my life. Like just this morning, I told her something that I don't know how many thousands of times I've told her, but I told her, you make me feel like the luckiest man on earth. And she does, you know, all she has to do is walk into the room and I feel like the luckiest man on earth. And so that's, uh, that's number one for me, having that kind of close relationship at home and being able to work with my love partner and have us grow together over time. That's been one of the greatest, most satisfying things there is. Also, I have my business partners. I have an apps business that I founded with a partner of mine named Mark Rosenbush. Mark is a, a genius that I hook up with from time to time to do different projects with. He was part of the Spiritual Cinema Circle uh, staff. Uh, he kind of set up all the web stuff and some of the marketing stuff for us. Uh, anyway, Mark Rosenbush and I have a partnership that goes way back to the late 90s uh, where we've launched many businesses together. And so if you go on the web and you look at supermindapps.com, you'll see that supermindapps.com offers a lot of different apps from people like Louise Hay and um, Bob Proctor, my, myself, Mary Morrissey, lots of people who are doing good work in the world we make a special kind of transformational app, and uh, especially the one with Louise Hay is kind of our flagship app. It's this new kind of app that works in a whole different way that no app does. Uh, you kind of have to see it to believe it. It's hard to explain, but uh, you can download it free uh, from the iTunes store or from the um, uh, Android store. And um, just go to Supermind Apps and you can see the full range of things that we offer there. So that's a great partnership. And um, we probably, Mark and I have launched four or five different businesses together. And then uh, either they get big enough that we sell or they get to the point where it's kind of just running as a nice little business. And uh, then we, we keep it. So um, that's one partnership that um, works really great. Um, I have, you know, it's interesting when you start thinking about partnerships in regard to your health, I recommend that people form partnerships that are there to serve their well-being. Like I have a partnership with my personal trainer. His name is Patrick Lee. And I've trained with him three days a week, probably since, oh, four or five years ago. So I've, I've done it... Um, Let's see, let me multiply three times 50. That would be 150 times a year, let's say the last four years. So I have a partnership where I spent 600 hours with uh, Patrick, and he's a superb personal trainer. He's completely dedicated 
to his clients. He only works out. I mean, he only has one-on-one clients, so it's never a class or anything. It's just him and me. And so that's a partnership where his genius is helping me look and feel and be as physically vibrant as I can possibly be. And of course, my genius is contributing (laughs) money to him. I can contribute that out of because of my abundance. I'm able to afford a personal trainer. So it's uh, it's really a great partnership all around. And he likes me because I don't pay by the session. I give him giant retainer checks because I don't like to write a check every time or every month. So uh, we'll sometimes give him five or six thousand dollars to uh, just stash away while I'm uh, I'm doing my trainings over the course of the year. So it's a, a win-win for everyone. Um, so I think people really need to form partnerships in love, partnerships in business, partnerships in health, all based on both people coming together and operating in their zone of genius. That is some great advice and, and great examples of different ways they played out in your personal and professional and, and like you said, your partnership with your own health. So that's wonderful. Well, Gay, we, we've actually arrived at a part of the show I call Bring It All Home. And this is where we actually step away from the stories. And I ask you to provide some simple, concrete guidance for our listeners so they can take this and go out in the world and, and apply it directly into their partnerships right now. And where I'd love to start is what's the best partnership or relationship advice that you ever received, that anybody ever gave you? One of the best um, relationship, I mean, it's, it's odd to think of it this way, but one of the best partnership advices I ever got, uh, pieces of advice was from uh, Jerry Jones, who is a real estate developer and um, a person in uh, the Pacific Northwest, very successful. And not the Jerry Jones that owns the Dallas Cowboys, a different Jerry Jones, but a very successful man. He said to me one time, the best deals you'll ever do are the deals you don't do. And he meant, what, I, what he meant by that was that oftentimes it's the things you say no to that are almost responsible for your success more than the things you say yes to because in the saying no to something that doesn't feel quite right or isn't working, that frees up energy then for the things that do work. And I had an experience a couple of years ago of I was in a partnership with a couple of famous self-help experts who didn't turn out to have the kind of integrity that I like to have in my relationships, and I learned that too late. I kind of took them at face value because they're well-known and that kind of thing, and I didn't do a lot of the deeper due diligence that I should have done. And so anyway, they turned out to be not good partners, and I needed to get out of that relationship and ended up having to, I didn't have to, but I ended up buying them out just so I didn't have to deal with the toxicity of their lack of integrity. And so by saying no to that partnership and not going forward with that deal after a while, I think I literally saved myself millions and millions of dollars of, of hassle that I was then able to devote that energy to the things that were working rather than going down that kind of painful path longer and longer just so I, because I had some money invested in it. And so uh, oftentimes it's the saying no to something that isn't working that contributes to success as much as 
the saying yes to things. I think human beings, by and large, have the capacity to do four or five really big things in their life. You don't have time usually to do 50 or 60 or 100 really big things in your life. But everybody's got energy enough to do a few big things. And so um, I figured out, uh, you know, uh, some of you have seen my book, Five Wishes. It, it says that everybody needs to come up with their five big wishes for their life. And part of my five big wishes, number one, was to create a loving relationship with a woman with whom I could grow over time. My second biggest one was to live in a state of completion with people so that I didn't have anything unsaid or unlistened to with the key people around me. My third big wish was to learn how to write from my heart so that I could write books about what I most love to write books about. And uh, I was originally trained as an academic researcher to write journal articles, and I can do that, but what I really wanted to write was books about how to really transform yourself, how to be your own therapist, how to be your own transformational coach. And so my third big wish was to create a body of written literature that came out of my heart. And so now, you know, here toward the end of my career, I've created that now in the 40 books that I've published that really reflect exactly what I most wanted to say over the years. Now I write mystery novels as well as other self-help books, but I'm writing a lot now for my own personal enjoyment as well as uh, to do things that I think would contribute to the world. Uh, my fourth wish was to have an understanding of the universe, of the divine, of, of the spirit world, so that I had a feeling for what was, what was real about us human beings. Not religion, you know, because a lot of religion is kind of made up theological concepts um, that don't really apply to real life. But I'm talking about the kind of spirituality that you can feel on a daily basis. So that was my fourth big wish. And my fifth one was to learn how to savor every moment of life so I don't miss out on the big moments of life. And so those five wishes have really guided me over the years. And I, I think that, um, you know, you want to make big wishes in life where you can really see and feel them coming true on a daily basis. I love that. Make big wishes in life. And that's I think it's really, really valuable to be reminded of that. And I want to ask you something. It's, it's kind of an interesting question to ask an author. Um, and that is, I oftentimes ask people, you know, what's what's a book or a resource you'd recommend for listeners? But what I'm really curious about, Gay, is out of all these books that you've published, whether it was with Katie or something else, which one of those do you feel would be the best recommendation you would make for the best tool for enhancing partnerships? Probably, well, I'd probably have to give you two. I'd probably have to say either our relationship book like Conscious Loving or Conscious Loving Ever After, our latest one, uh, or The Big Leap. Uh, the Big Leap kind of covers a lot of the territory about what I think a lot of the basic agreements that need to be made with a partner in order to have your genius flourish. And so I would encourage you to um, probably read first The Big Leap and then uh, one of the Conscious Loving books. Okay, I'm, I'm smiling here because that was what I was going to guess you'd say. <laughs> <laughs> and I've read those and they're amazing. The Big Leap absolutely changed my life. Um, and I, I was going to ask you a, a parting question about you know examples of payoffs of partnership, but you've given us so many incredible examples already of 
how you've developed different partnerships, whether they were professional or, or what have you, and where they were a big payoff because you did that and you did it in a space of integrity with who you are and what's necessary for you. And when it wasn't, the example you gave a few minutes ago of you you walked away from that. So that's just amazing. And I thank you so much for being so generous with that. As a matter of fact, I mean, clearly you have much more you could share with us and I appreciate that. And what I'd love for you to do is share with our listeners just how they could contact you and learn more about what you do and what's available. Well, we have various websites. Um, the main one uh, probably to go to is our basic website, Hendricks.com, H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S.com. We registered that domain the first year the internet was in business, and so we've uh, we've had that domain for twenty some years now, I think. Uh, so uh, that's probably the good place to start if you're interested in the apps world. You can go to SupermindApps.com, uh, but I think Hendricks.com is probably the place you can find out most about us. Uh, you can find out all about our our personal trainings and our different trainings that we do for groups and businesses and that kind of thing. So. Um, uh, Hendricks.com is probably the best place to look. Excellent. Excellent. And Gay, it's, it's been such a pleasure to be able to interview you again. And, and I, every time I talk to you, I learn so much. I get reminded of things I may have kind of lost track of. And I know our listeners have too. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks, Ken. You ask great questions. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. I release a brand new episode every Monday through Friday, so make sure you don't miss a single show. Go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher and iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else, either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.